The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome back to the Nicholas Gregoretti Show. I am your host, Nicholas Gregoretti. I'm so happy to have you here listening and sharing in my insights and experiences as well as all the wisdom of my amazing guests. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you guys of my sponsors. The first one is Bub's Naturals. And Bub's Naturals makes some of the best collagen in on the market. I use it myself and I've had great effects with it. You guys may or may not know, but collagen is a protein that's responsible for healthy joints, skin elasticity, and stretchiness as well of your skin. It's also in your bones, your muscles, your blood, and it comprises more than 75% of your skin and a third of the protein in your body. Now, as you age, the existing collagen in your body breaks down and it becomes harder for your body to produce more. So if you care about your health, if you care about being mobile, supple, strong, and being able to play sports and, and move without pain, then you owe it to yourself to be supplementing with collagen. So I would strongly recommend you head on over to bubsnaturals.com and get some of their amazing collagen protein. If you use the coupon code NICG20, that's NickG20, you'll get 20% off that. The other sponsor of my show is my mentor, Rocco Jarman who <laughs> I'd have no more superlatives to describe this guy. You know, I work with Rocco and one of the things that he, one of the gifts that he gives me is he always calls me out on stuff. He always jokes, he says, I am like iron because he will not bend when it comes to my well-being or my success. He does not allow me to get away with presenting a lesser version of myself or believing some bullshit story about myself. He calls me out every single time. You know, in this world we live in, there's a lot of hype. And a lot of the times the things that rise to the top of our society and our culture are built on hype and are very often disingenuous uh, and ineffective. I can think of many gurus, and I'm not going to name them, but there's there's many people who we think are self-actualized and are the real deal and they're actually not they're they're con artists and they're they're just they're not paragons they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk and i can tell you without reservation that rocco is the real deal if you have an aspect of yourself that needs healing if you need help and you've tried everything else this is the guy to go to. You can find his site at eyeswideopenlife.org and you can find out all about the work and, and the things he does there. Also, listen to his podcast if you get a chance. It's amazing. Okay, guys, let's jump into the episode with Mr. Ken Kladuris. Enjoy. Hey, brothers, welcome back to the show. Today, I have Mr. Ken Kladuris, who is an esteemed wealth advisor and the author of Get There, Chart Your Course to Financial Abundance and Live the Life You Desire. Ken, it's so good to have you on the show. 
know what really interested me in you is you are uh, a big proponent of stillness in all aspects of everyday life. And I think that's the, the first topic I'd like to start with. First of all, how did you get, uh, how did you get acquainted with this topic of stillness and how do you, how do you use it in your life? Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And looking forward to the conversation today. Mm -hmm. um, and so stillness for me was, well, it's an interesting topic. It's not something had you asked me 10 years ago that I'd be talking about. So, um, you know, in normal everyday life, prior to finding my stillness, I think I lived like most people in that, right? You're just kind of grinding, running from one thing to the next, kind of stressed out, worried about, you know, what could happen. And for me, I even had a little bit of OCD in which I was like obsessive about obviously controlling kind of every aspect of my life. And through my stillness practice that slowly developed through time, I was able to, you know, let go of those negative kind of behaviors and really start to enjoy life at a new level and bring more happiness and success to myself. So that's why stillness to me is like the key to creating the life you want. So how did you first discover still your, I, I've never heard it described as a stillness practice. I'm, I'm guessing it's some form of meditation. How did you first discover that? So it was a lot of trial and error. Um, when I, I, I had what I call like an epiphany moment, which for your listeners that don't know, um, you know, I was on vacation like so many people are. And I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, usually I plan like my whole day like, of things to do. Um, and when I was in the Caymans, I had one day where I didn't have to do anything. And on that day, I remember I was just kind of, you know, sitting on the patio, listening to the waves crash, having a cup of coffee and every limiting belief, every negative emotion, like everything that was holding me back in life that I thought I had to control felt like in an instant it was washed away. And I was left sitting there just completely free and all the possibility and the potential was there for me mm. and it was an incredible experience and so when i got back to real life right um i went on a search to find that clarity and stillness that i had in that moment and that's what really started me on the journey so that is you know when i started doing my meditations, guided meditations, and just different things to create more mental clarity for myself. Mm -hmm. And through that practice is how I kind of created, if you will, like the idea of a stillness practice, which is, you know, meditation, prolonged silence, and really just getting in tune with oneself so that you can have the, just the mental clarity to know what you want in your life and then go out and get it. So, I mean, there wasn't any, when this moment of epiphany happened, there wasn't any thing that you had done just before that to bring it on, or was it just a combination of the, the pressures that you'd been feeling prior to that, that just kind of forced you to go beyond yourself? Yeah. It wasn't anything that I was looking for, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it would be great if I could tell people I was, Oh yeah, I thought it was going to happen. Um, no, I was literally just, you know, sitting there having coffee. And I think I had just 
you know, gotten so into kind of like that relaxed flow of a vacation and then knowing I didn't have anything to do and just like the kind of the rhythmic sounds of the ocean in the background Mm. kind of put me into maybe a trance that allowed me to really tap into all that I was. Mm. What do you think? What do you think that is when you say that allowed me to tap me into all that I was? What what is that like? What what is that place of stillness? What are your philosophical beliefs about the the nature of that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, when you say philosophical, I think they're very practical, and I try to create all of my my content and beliefs around things that I can use every day. Mm-hmm. So, I guess what I what I would say to answer your question is that. It's really about just tapping into your own potential and not allowing all of the decisions that if you've made in the past dictate your future and knowing that anything that you want to achieve with right, the right mindset and action, you can. And being in that place of just abundance and potential, when you can act from that place and really have just the clarity of who you are and what you want, things seem to move a little bit more easy for you. And naturally you want to move towards the success you're looking for. And so it's like a natural process of creating this stillness, which pulls you to the success you want. I understand that. I guess I'm, I'm trying to go a little bit deeper and, and figure out like that, that stillness that you're connecting with. You just believe it's your own human potential or you believe it's a, a bridge to the universal source or God or, or like, what, like what is it that you're connecting with? Got it. Um, so I guess it could be all of those things depending on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, for me... I'm really just tapping into myself, but I do understand that I'm connected to everything around me mm-hmm. and that, you know, from like a spiritual like side, right. You are connected to everything in the universe that is alive and moving, whether you notice or not. And so when you can tap into that energy, the energy will naturally flow through you because you are part of the whole system. Yeah, Ken. So, you know, man, like I don't know you and you seem very professional and well-spoken and I'm sure you've connected with something. What I, what I'm trying to get at here, what my concern is like, there's a, I listened to a podcast many years ago in which this gentleman was saying now in Silicon Valley, the, the big trend is meditation. Everyone's into mindfulness. Everyone wants to like you know, master a meditative practice. And he said, the pro- what's going to happen is when all of these people eventually start meditating consistently, they're going to suddenly realize just how empty their lives actually are and that they've been chasing the wrong thing their whole life. So what I'm trying to figure out is, are you a kind of guy who's just biohacking meditation so that you can be more successful or are you connected to something deeper? Is this, is this like a bigger thing for you? Both. Um, so the interesting thing is that, you know, what, what I heard you just say is that you have a concern that if you, 
people meditate based on this gentleman's conversation you read or heard that people will realize that they're empty and they're chasing the wrong thing. Is that correct? Um, no, that is, that's, that's not my concern. It's just like the, how, how would I, this is, this is difficult for me to verbalize So Give me a second. Um, I'm just trying to figure out like, uh, I, this this show for me the shows is about depth right i'm really trying to figure out the depths and i'm i'm trying to figure out if you're like someone who's really connected to the source and 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 bringing something back from the source for us to all share or if you're just a guy that's figured out cool if he becomes still he does better at work and he makes more money oh uh, okay got it um so i would say still both mm. um <laughs> so on a daily basis Right. I mean, my, my thought of this is like, there are people that were born into this world to be monks and to meditate on a hill and like pass along those traditions. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are brought into this earth to do something and create something and like affect people. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are different kind of dharmas, if you will, on sure. life. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that I was placed in here to meditate in a cave in India, right? Like I live in Southern California. I'm here to make an impact. And the way that I can make an impact is to kind of bring both of those traditions together, right? There's the people that are only concerned with making money and that's it. And then there's the people meditating in a cave and in the middle, right? There's the ability to tap into that stillness, that quiet and really connect with a source. And at the same time, use that clarity that that creates for you to create more success in your life, whatever that means to you, which allows you to fulfill your purpose and have a better impact and contribution to the world around you. And so that's okay. what I'm doing. That's uh, okay. I'm starting to get a clear picture. So you, this clarity has allowed you to find your purpose. And then you said create a bigger impact. What do you, what do you think your purpose is in life, Ken? Yeah. So purpose is one of those things that, right. We, I help people like create clarity around for themselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think this is my purpose. You know, I used to think that helping people was just on the financial aspect, right. I was a financial advisor for a, over a decade. And I realized like that wasn't having the impact and the contribution I wanted to. But when I learned right, my stillness practice and the ability to tap into that to create more success and get out of the situation that I found myself, mm -hmm. um, I realized that anybody could do it. And I feel like there's so many people that feel stuck, that are living below their potential, that have all of these beliefs right, from their family, their upbringing, whatever, that are holding them back from living their life. And so my purpose is to inspire those people through my actions and living my authentic self to go out and take the action that they should to live the life that they want. I, I feel see. like that if everybody is living their authentic life, then the world will be a better place. And if I can create a movement and help people do that, like that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a cool, that's a noble purpose. Uh, and I respect that. Ken, let's, I want to come back to the, the financial abundance and success thing, because that's what many of us 
uh, listening want, and we're, we're trying to figure out the, the game of money. But before we do that, I just want to get to know you a little bit better. So you, you were on vacation in, did you say the Caymans or the Bahamas? Yeah, Caymans. And you, you hit this moment of stillness, which was something that affected you so deeply that you, you went and devoted some energy to recreating it and realizing how you could access that in the future. So I want to know what was the, the point in your life when you were furthest from that? Uh, maybe we could say what was the, the hardest, most difficult moment in your life, the juxtaposition to that, that moment you experienced? There's, there's so many. Um, but I would say, you know, for me, looking back from where I am today, it was probably kind of that a year before I had that epiphany moment in that, you know, I'd created the success that people thought I could. By that, I mean, like, you know, everybody around you and your family and different things, like your circle has a level of success that they believe you can achieve. And I was already above that. And so living in that place, right, you kind of feel a little lonely I was making decisions that weren't the best for me or the people around me. And my, my life every day was kind of the same thing, right? Like go to work, do the same stuff. You know, it was just like this, there was no meaning or purpose. Kind of like you mentioned earlier, like, right. If people start meditating, they realize like they're chasing the wrong thing. Mm. So I really had no depth to my life. It was a very shallow I will call it meaningless at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, life, even though the people around me thought, right, like, oh my gosh, he's doing so great. He's making money, having fun, like making an impact, right? All of those things. But to me, looking back, like it was very, it was nowhere near the level it could have been or should have been. And so, you know, I think that I could have easily stayed in that life had I not had that, that moment of clarity. Hmm. I'm reminded of, uh, there's a film with Jake Gyllenhaal that came out a few years ago. I, I cannot remember the name, but uh, he, he was working in an, I think it was either an investment bank or financial advisory firm. And he was working, it was his father-in-law's company. And by all accounts, by all metrics, he had the perfect life. He had, you know, beautiful trophy wife, great apartments, this cushy job. And the guy basically freaks out because he just realizes how totally empty his existence is. Um, mm-hmm. And man, I wish I could remember the name of the film. I'm going to try to find it and put it in the show notes, but that profoundly impacted me is realizing that, you know, a lot of people, and I see it in America a lot. A lot of people have everything that the, the narrative or the American dream tells you you need to have. And when they get there, if it's built on like a shitty foundation of, of emptiness, it's just not fulfilling. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You know, cool. and it's, it's, it's hard. I would say that it's, it's hard when you're in that moment to get out of it mm. because everybody thinks that you're doing great. Right. So society, you've hit all the societal goals you know, probably the people around you are trying to keep you in that comfortable situation. So to take the step out of that and to make that change 
I find very difficult for most people, including mm -hmm. myself. One of my favorite spiritual teachers, Osho, he, he said he was the rich man's guru. And he said the reason he, he came to speak to the wealthy people in the West is because the poor man still has hope. His hope is he thinks life is shit. When I'm rich, it'll be better. Whereas the rich man, he doesn't have hope anymore because he's achieved everything and it's still not better. He's still tortured by his ego. He still has no connection to the source or no, no stillness. And it sounds like um, that's kind of what you're describing you went through. Yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. Cool, man. Okay. You're qualified. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, about what you're doing and the strategies you, you use to help people you know, achieve what you've achieved, which is the combination of the worldly success and the inner peace. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I think kind of like we talked about the foundation to all the success is the stillness practice. And so, you know, I became a certified um, meditation instructor to really make sure that people had the foundation to learn a meditation practice and be successful with it. Mm -hmm. And so that is the key and the foundation because it just, it lets you tap into yourself and who you are and what you want and get out of the noise of the world around you. Mm -hmm. And I think once you can realize who you are, what you want, what your purpose is, what you value, that's really the kind of the foundation to build a life worth living. And that's why I call, uh, you know, my practice stillness to success, because I don't want to define what success is for somebody. I mm -hmm. want them to define it for themselves so that they want to achieve it. Mm -hmm. So would you, would you say, because that's a question a lot of the people I interact with uh, in fact, my best friend was just talking about this recently. He said, I just don't know what my purpose is. Would you say that most people after embarking on a regular meditative practice and finding that clarity you describe are given their purpose and, and how does it usually come? Is it a moment of insight or is it uh, a serendipitous um, event or how, how does that usually arrive? So, yeah, I think that the meditation practice quiets the noise in your head so that you can hear like that small voice, that intuition, that little subconscious thought. Um, you can hear it when you have it. And so it's not like going into a meditation, like, Oh, I'm going to meditate today and I'm going to get my purpose. Right. It's mm -hmm. not like that. It's mm -hmm. you set these subtle intentions of like, I want to know my purpose or I need to you know, have this in my life to help me or whatever it may be that you're looking to do. You just set that subtle intention and then meditate without any thought easily and effortlessly, and then just go on with your day. Um, but so that's that, but there are questions you can ask yourself. And that's what we do in my course and the coaching programs to elicit kind of your core values, your purpose, and kind of a vision of like what you want and what you want to achieve in your life. And then the other thing I'd add is that it's probably going to change, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people get stuck on, oh my gosh, if I write this vision, like I can't change it. And it stops them from actually putting in the work 
in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And knowing that right, there is impermanence to everything and that you know what you want today could be different tomorrow. Um, having that lack of attachment to the outcome or structure really allows a person to go with the flow and get started. And the act of moving forward allows you to make those kind of course corrections, if you will, and start moving. And then you get clarity as you move forward. Hmm. That's so interesting to me. The act of moving forward allows you to make course corrections. I know you're a, you're a sailing aficionado and image that just came to me is, you know, if, uh, if a sailboat isn't, if there's no wind, you can turn the boat, but it, it doesn't make a difference, right? It doesn't, it doesn't get to a new destination. It's, you have to have forward movement to chart yeah. a new course. That's interesting. Exactly. Interestingly enough, another one of my, my guests said, uh, we were talking about masculinity and he said, man is movement or man is moving. And he said, that's the key differentiating factor for, for people who are, you know, like who have stepped into their power as men is it doesn't matter what happens in their life. If they get knocked down or, you know, they, their, their goals or attempts are thwarted, they just keep moving, right? They pick up and they just keep moving. So it's good to hear that confirmed by you. Yeah. Um, I mean, whether it's, I mean, every aspect is, is energy, right? And energy needs to flow. Mm-hmm. So if you stop, right, you can't course correct, you, you've lost everything. You need to keep that movement, right? Keep that energy flowing because that's where the power of energy is, is in the mm-hmm. flow. Wow. What a, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, uh, Ken, I, I wanted to ask you, um, I don't know if, I don't even, even know if there is an answer to this question. You, it might, nothing might've changed for you, but I wanted to ask you about a day in the life of Ken before and Ken after, right? Could, could you talk us through each of those? If there is, um, a big difference between the two. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to my epiphany moment, you know, a day was, it was the same every day, right? It was wake up, go to the office. And at that time I was working at a, at a firm and we had a team. So I'd go there and I really didn't like what I was doing or where I was. Mm -hmm. And so I would grind through a day at the office and really be unmotivated by the time I left. And then it would be some type of social event after that um, and then go to dinner and then go home. And that was kind of my day every day. And so there was no, it was nothing. It was just like, that was it, you know, and people would be like, oh, why do you have to go to dinner every night? Or why are you doing these social activities? It's like, oh, right. I put it under the, this is how I network to get new clients and get referrals. And like, this is how I build my career. So I have to do these things. Um, and so no one questioned it and that was my day every day. And then today is completely different. So, but I'll add, so after that moment, when I came back and kind of started tapping into stillness and developing myself, I had a goal to write a book, sail and get with my business partner and 
branch off from the firm we were at and create our own firm. And so I was able to do all of those things, which allowed me to kind of create the life that I live now. So I no longer drive to that office or have to manage the, the advisors anymore. Like it's just me and my business partner and I enjoy what we do. Mm. So that's that. Um, so day to day, like is wake up, I do my morning routine, which is a combination of a meditation and then my journaling kind of formula, which I give to everybody that, you know, logs into my course. And it's basically a little bit of gratitude, intention. Uh, I write out my day, visualizing what I want to, to occur. And then I write one thing that I would like to attract into my life to help me move forward towards my goals, whether yeah. that's personal, financial, like every aspect of my life. But today I'm like, this is the one thing I really feel that would help me. And I put it out there. Um, so I do that every day. And then the next, let's call it hour, is working on whatever's the most important thing to get done. And then once all of that morning routine is done, that's when I'll turn on my phone and check emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right, I start going through the things that need to get done. Um, and then from there, it's another meditation. And then usually um, some type of physical activity, whether it's walk, going to the gym, something like that. And then that's, that's it. That's the new day. That's cool. Are you, are you married? Are you married? Or do you have uh, kids or, or like any immediate close family? I'm not married, nor do I have kids. Okay. Have you been married before? No, no. I, I mean, where I was going to go with that is I just wanted to know if this impacted your immediate relationships, because, you know, when, when people change, often the people in their, in their close circle, they get uncomfortable with the change because it, it shines a light on just how much they need, they themselves need to grow or expand. And yeah. I guess it didn't happen with a wife, but was there a girlfriend or like a family member or anyone close to you that you couldn't really relate to after this happened? So my relationship with everybody changed. <laughs> um, so I had a girlfriend at that time. We broke up shortly thereafter. Um, and then my family started to notice the change as well. Brothers, cousins, and everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know about this. And I wasn't really at the beginning. I didn't tell anybody that I was meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, they only saw the, right, the results um, of that. And I was a little shy because I'm like, ooh, very conservative career. Like people might judge me. So I didn't really tell anybody about that. It was more, you know, just the results. But again, how I showed up was different. And so, you know, my relationships with everybody kind of changed. I set better boundaries and, you know, had to get rid of some people that were just too negative. Yeah. Um, got two new mentors afterwards because... Like they just, you know, came into my life and I was like, oh, these are the type of people that I want to model and be like. And so, you know, worked with them and just completely shifted and leveled up my life to, to a new level and without like work per se. Right. It wasn't like I went out and like forced it and made it happen. It just naturally occurred through the process of, you know, shedding those layers of beliefs Mm. and creating the person that I wanted to be. Wow, that's awesome. 
uh, I've, I've experienced similar things when you, when you start vibrating at a different frequency, the, the people who are at, who aren't at that frequency, they just naturally are repelled from your life. There's just nothing you can do about it. Yep. And um, I mean, it can be painful as hell, but it is what it is. I'm interested, uh, Ken, you, you've never been married, don't have kids. Remind me your age, please. Oh, come on, man. I'm in my late thirties. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm interested how did like, because it seems to me that you played by the rules and followed the formula for every other aspect of your life. I mean, up until your epiphany moment, why didn't you get married and, and have kids? That is a great question. Um, <clears throat> I would say that one of my, I had a lot of beliefs around marriage and family mm-hmm. that until recently I wasn't aware of. And so until I took the time, you know, within the last couple of years to, to look at that, that was something that I actively pushed away. Mm-hmm. Understood. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like you are um, one of America's most eligible bachelors. He's got everything. He's got the inner success and the outer success. Unfortunately, there's no ladies listening to the show, so it's probably not going to help you in that regard, but good for you, my man. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Ken, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I know it was a little bit hard on you at one point, but I had a feeling you could take it and you performed admirably under the pressure and showed us that you all that showed us all that you have found that stillness about which you speak. If those listening want to find out more about you and what you do, where could they go? Yes, yeah, so they could go to kenclodoris.com, which is the main website, which has links to the audiobook, the book, the course, and we put out content every week. Uh, on the blog just to help people tap into their inner stillness. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go to stillness to success.com if you're looking to get a few resources on that and actively start moving forward to create that life that you want. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, my man. Thank you, Nick. I had a pleasure. I think I was I was way too harsh on Ken and I think I unfairly judged him in the beginning of the show. You know, now that the podcast is getting reasonably popular and reasonably reasonably successful, I have people reaching out all the time, right, to, to appear. I have PR agents reaching out all the time for their clients to appear as guests. And in a way, that's kind of cool because I don't have to work too hard to get guests. But in another way, I, I have to kind of like sift through a lot of people who are, uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And... A few times over the last year or so, I've had people come on who have just been totally uninteresting, totally self-interested and totally uninspiring. And I don't know why, but I, I think I just deleted, just before we recorded that episode, I just deleted an, another interview that I, I just thought wasn't fit for the show because the guy was all of those things. He was just self-interested and bland and annoying and he didn't know how to have a proper conversation. And I don't know why, but I started to project that onto Ken, which was not professional and not cool. And fortunately, he was a cool dude and just rolled with it and showed me that he he was actually the real deal. So Ken, if you're listening back to this, I apologize. You clearly are a, a cool dude and I'm really happy that you came on the show. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, just a quick reminder, if you're listening to this, I am almost ready to launch my workshop, which is called The Heroic Entrepreneur, Escaping the Rat Race by Building a Heart-Centered Business. It's going to be a really cool uh, little two-day weekend workshop that's going to help anyone who is stuck in the rat race doing something that they find uninspiring, something that's killing their soul, and they want to escape. They want to escape by creating something and putting something cool out into the world. I'm going to tell you how I was able to do that and how I've helped other clients able to, uh, to be able to do that. So if you want to know a little bit more about that, send me a message. The email address is one, that's the number one, at coachnickg.com. And of course, it's coachnickg without a K. So it's coachnickg.com, one at coachnickg.com. And uh, I'll get back to you and we'll figure out if this is a cool event for you and if it's uh, fit for what what you're trying to do. Cool, guys. I'll be back in a week with another episode. Until then, remember, we're all alone in this together.